0: Today on Unleashcast, I talked to Matt Diab, founder and co-CEO of WorkAxel, bringing blockchain to HR. It's not just Bitcoin and NFTs, this Web3 game. There's plenty of applications for the HR world, and WorkAxel are right at the forefront of it. So it's a really fascinating chat about a burgeoning technology yet to really proliferate in the world in which we play. If you're going to Unleash America, you can catch WorkAxel in the expo. But for now, here's my conversation with Matt Diab. Enjoy if web 1.0 was about connecting you to information web 2.0 was about connecting you to other people what is web 3 about and how can it be useful to hr
1: so if we break down the the concept of what web 1 web 2 web 3 is we hear about it a lot but web 1 in the early days was really about consuming uh consuming in the sense that people could publish information and then once that information was indexed on things like Google on different search engines it was easy to go and find that information and consume it no different than a library library indexes information so that it's easier to consume for people and they can go find the information they want they can go read it the internet version one of the internet or web 1 was the era of consuming web 2 became the era uh, the era of creation and creation in the sense that when you look at the leaders in web 2 You see Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, platforms that allow people to go and create online. And in that creation of new content, in that creation of information, we now have more information that is accessible, more information that is shared. We now have something that's a bit more cohesive online. And that is Web 2, the era era of creation. So Web 1, consume. Web 2, create. What is Web 3? Web 3 is the area of ownership. Web three brings ownership back to the the end user. With web one, we had centralized bodies that were indexing all the information. Google's huge. In web two, we have social media companies that tend to buy up everything that that has production content. Uh, In web three, the underlying protocols themselves or the underlying tools are owned by the end users or the underlying data are owned by the end users. It's, it's always hard to visualize what things are before they, are, they actually happen. So let's use an example. Right now, if I were to give my... If I sign up for a website, I have to give my information out to every single website, my username and password. Each website hosts that information and there's a risk. It's centralized in, in a way where all the security is centralized by that company. I've given my information away. We see that there's a trend with something like SSO. I can log in with my Facebook, I can log in with Google, I can log in everywhere. However, that information is still being shared everywhere. We're going into an era and this is where we see that in HR, this is going to be a big deal, something called SSI, self-sovereign identity. Self-sovereign identity means that you are the holder of your information. If you need to apply for a loan in HR, if you need to apply for a job and you need to validate your education, your diploma, your work experience, you need to to actually go and prove that in a way where you're not giving all the information about who you are. You're only giving the necessary information. Self-sovereign identity allows you to do that. And that's something that is a derivative or is derived from the Web3 version of the internet, so the ownership economy. We see this with a bunch of other types of platforms, but that's one example of how Web3 is going to change HR. But it's really about owning your data, owning your information. And if I move from one company to another, all my information can be moved over and my work experience can also be validated. Even just submitting my information now, over 60% of people who apply for a job have have false information on their CVs over 70% of people lie about what they've actually done. This is for the US, uh, in terms of education, there's always inflation uh, in terms of what someone's done, you want to look better on your documentation, there's no way to validate that information. So having that be on web three owned online. That's what we're talking about. Even things like digital identity, with the vaccine passport, having to have all your information in one place, you won't have a, a passport that's on paper. You won't have a traditional vaccine card that's on paper. It'll all be tied in to your SSI, your self-sovereign identity.
0: It's fascinating stuff. Let's dig into the um, so the, the blockchain elements here. Yeah. If, we, if we can look beyond NFTs, they're the things that have sort of made the headlines recently. They're, they're, they're the more visibly commercial aspects of Web3. Um, but what are the practical uses of tech like? The blockchain beyond the examples that you've given in a in a business environment.
1: Mm. So practical uses of tech in a uh, we're talking about business environment because uh, it impacts everything. Uh, do we stick specifically to HR here, or are you asking about the just business in general?
0: I would say HR first, but there's applications wider mm. than that, isn't there?
1: Yeah. So in HR, let's take an example of something like uh, what, what we spoke about previously, something like my hiring information. Right now, if I need to go and apply, so actually, let's let's back up a bit. What does blockchain actually do? Well, what, what is blockchain? I think it's important to, to, to break down what blockchain is, because in understanding what it is fundamentally not, not what we hear online, crazy price pumps on monkey pictures, like let's actually understand what blockchain is. It is a more efficient store of record than a database and to understand why that's important and why it's going to be, be used everywhere. We have to understand why we move from databases instead of, and off paper. So to understand where we're going, we have to understand where we came from. Why do we move from paper to database? Paper was great. You're able to have a, Transaction uh, history of transactions on a piece of paper. You can have all your records in a place. You have to store them in a physical location, or maybe a filing cabinet. If you want to have copies, you need to have double of them, so double the space, double the filing cabinets, double the paper. Indexing that information was very hard. You'd have to have them all organized, categorized, go find them. It wasn't ideal. So then, when the database came along, at first, you huge rooms for a very small amount of data, but over time, it was a better store of information, was a better store of record. Why? Because databases allow you to index things a lot quicker. I can go into a search bar type. I can have many backups. I don't have to have a physical location. So in case of a disaster, recovery is easy. And at the same time, I can have uh, as many documents as I want, unlimited. I don't need to have a fixed amount due, due to space. I'm not constrained. And on top of that i can now leverage that data to go into other systems but there's an issue with traditional databases that was not solved when we moved from paper to database is that you can still falsify records and the falsification of records and the centralization of that security are both huge problems if we take a look at a company like equifax equifax that governs i'm not sure in, in in the UK, if you guys use them, but Equifax for I think the entirety of North America has everyone's credit scores, has everyone's personal information. And we rely on their centralized security to host all of our most private information. And they had a hack where the hacker went onto their hacker I'm using loosely, went onto their admin panel, logged in with the username and password, admin and admin, and had access to everything and dumped all information, centralized security. And on top of that, they can get database or root access, meaning they could change all that information. If I'm a company and I've done something nefarious and I see that there's something bad in my records, I can go into my database or have my system admin go in, delete that information. It's not a a reliable, auditable transaction history. It's not. Whereas if we look at something like blockchain, it does everything a database can. I can index, I can. it has redundancy, I can go search. But Transactions are immutable. They can never, ever, ever change. Once they are committed, they can never be modified. And on top of that, if there's something that ever goes wrong, now there are unlimited copies. So there's never, ever going to be loss of information. So there's never loss and it's, it's a true record of information. So how does that come in full circle here? How does that apply in HR? Let's take our original example of something like my CV or my education history or my work history these are all things that can be committed on chain or onto my personal identity or onto me by the, the respecting, the respective governing bodies school. Once I go and pass, I'm not just going to have a unofficial transcript an official transcript that I can send out places and I print a copy. I can modify it. I can do whatever. Instead that school, that institution will have a mark, on-chain, no different than how a sign. when we sign online, there is a verifiable proof that, that was signed at that location by that person. The same thing with the with on-chain data or the blockchain. When we're committing or that institution is saying Matt, Matt Diab has done this certification or has had this bachelor's or this PhD at this date, it is reliably showing that this institution has issued this piece of history onto Matt Diab. So when I'm going to go and apply for a job and they say, hey, show us like can you provide us with some of your information i can say hey here's my information it is reliably proven that i have done these things and that will always trump at least in the transitionary period where some some companies may be using blockchain solutions some may not in the transitionary period what's going to happen is there's going to be a favorability towards candidates who are using block on chain or blockchain credentials versus those who do not because one of them is reliably and auditably auditably provable, whereas an end immutable. The other one is not. It's something that could be forged. It's something that could be faked. And uh, we see this with everything, even with how money flowed. So the evolution in money versus uh, how we're seeing the evolution in data now is the exact same thing. So a lot of interesting use cases with blockchain, but in workforce management with what we do with WorkAxle, a big use case that we see comes with certifications. So Let's say you're in the heavy industries and you, to, you need to have certifications to drive a certain vehicle or to uh, work on a certain mine or to work with certain material, heavy heavy tools. When you do these certifications, they need, they need to be done, let's say, every year, every two years. Um, and if you go and work, you need to go and reliably prove to the auditing bodies that may come once a quarter, once a year, once every two years, that your entire workforce is working compliantly on the field. Right now, how do you do that? You have to pull out the record, show that people are certified, pull out all the time and do a cross-reference, wasting your manager's time, your executive's time. Instead, imagine you had a place where all the data of what people worked with their compliance status was all live and immutable and you could go and validate and see provably, hey, here's all the information. Auditors go look at it. We don't have to touch it.
0: We'll come on to, you mentioned money there. We're going to come on to that um, finally. Mm-hmm. But before we do, another question about this same area, but internet of things, uh, IoT yeah. devices, as we move to a more hybrid environment, hybrid work mm. environment. How can smart devices help the workforce? When we spend uh, less time in the office? Can they kind of remove friction from the process or, you know, yeah, like productivity gains?
1: Yeah, and this is where we need to start compounding some of the ideas and the technology that that's coming about. We'll oftentimes kind of narrow our attention on one specific focus: AI and how AI is transforming things, or IoT and how IoT is transforming things, or blockchain how blockchain is transforming things. But we have to go a layer deeper and say, okay, the combination of these technologies, and given a year, two years, three years, four years, ten years, twenty years, what's the world going to look like? And that's where, if we see something, I'm sure you've heard of a concept of like a smart cities. It's becoming increasingly uh, popular in the narrative, but uh, there's a scary version of it and there's the more, I guess, applicable version of it. IoT is just a way to identify and and track things that are happening nearby. Now, as we move towards uh, more of a place where all of our information, our digital identity hosts everything about us, our health information, our passport information, everything every single thing about us as i'm moving into an office building i can automatically for example start a person's time or track their time as they leave an office building i can automatically end their time when we're talking about different iot devices let's say in manufacturing i may have different lines and different lines need to be built to different customers or different clients in the case of or how it works right now is each user has to go and punch in or start their time for each different line or charge their time appropriately, either by punching it in or at the end of the day, manually inputting it, which could lead to a lot of issues and human error, lost money for the business, time theft. With IoT, you now enter into something that's a lot more interesting. You're able to detect as users move from line to line. If I'm working on line one that needs to be billed to client X, as I'm there, I'm working on it. My time is Matt Diab, who has a rate of let's say twenty-two dollars an hour. If I've worked there for an hour and a half, I will bill that client an hour and a half of my time plus whatever the cost uh, plus whatever the cost plus is. I move over to let's say line two. As I'm walking to over to line two, I've exited the range of line one from the IoT device. It's automatically punching me out from that. As I enter line two, line two is now being billed to client A. And client A is now being billed for my time, Matt Diab's time on this project. And as I'm done there, I exit line two, it punches me out from line two. As I enter line three, I am now billing line three, the customer B for line three work for Matt Diab. And you can imagine this on a scale that is thousands of employees, tens of thousands of employees and the efficiencies there.
0: Yeah, for sure. So coming on finally to uh, the, the world of tokens. Um, and d- digital tokens, something that's changed yeah. very quickly. You, you know, new new companies springing up all the time, uh, new ideas. It's also I, you kind of mentioned it at the top of the conversation, but very important to kind of split out the technology from the products as well. It's not just about Bitcoin. It's not just about these. This is this is a longer term technology that that houses a lot of different ideas, and one of these is digital tokens as um, as a whole and uh i'm wondering if we'll ever see it replace say stock options perhaps for the c suite it probably already is happening in more forward-thinking companies
1: yeah you're, you're right like it's it is already happening and i think it's important to also i it's always good to kind of break down some of these components a bit more so that we can build on them so when we talk about blockchain or crypto or whatever you want to call it tokens the first thing that comes to people's mind um is bitcoin ethereum maybe some of these big names that people are aware of in in the retail or in the public eye, uh, retail space or in the public eye. In reality, 98% of current use cases of blockchain are on private chains or what we call permissioned chains. And in the S&P 500, every single company already has blockchain being used right now. And they're using something, they're using a mix of different permissioned uh, chains, blockchains. Uh, The biggest one being Hyperledger Fabric. Hyperledger Fabric is created by Linux. It's the one that most businesses will use. We have different types of chains, public and permissionless. That's Bitcoin, Ethereum. Anyone can participate. Anyone could hop in and all transactions are public. That's not what a business needs. Businesses need to have control over their information, access rights, and they also want to make sure that there's control a bit over that network. So permissioned, and private networks are what most organizations use. And that's actually where most of the use cases are currently. So now that we have that, what are the different types of tokens? How can tokens be used in the real world? We have three different types of tokens. We have one called a network token. That's not as necessary here, so I won't jump into it. We have network tokens. We have what's called utility tokens. And then we have these things called security tokens. Utility and security tokens are the ones we'll see most in in Mm -hmm. applications, especially in the HR space and in most business spaces. Utility tokens are meant to be used to represent some sort of utility within uh, uh, a tool. For example, if I want to go and sign up for... um, Think about this, if I'm buying a... With Bamboo HR, I want to buy a subscription with Bamboo HR. If I'm buying a subscription with Bamboo HR or with WorkAxle, us two, you could buy right now with a card, you submit your payment, you have the invoice, and it's paid. Instead, you can have token gating, meaning that if you're holding X number of Workaxle tokens, you now have access to the Workaxle premium plan, or you now have access to the Workaxle basic plan. And as you're done, or as you want to increase or reduce your plan size, you can go and sell those tokens. But utility tokens represent use within a certain environment. Now, if we get to the C-suite question and stock option replacement, that's where we we use something called security tokens. Security tokens are meant to uh, have the value or represent ownership of an underlying security. This could be ownership of a stock. This could be ownership of a physical asset, a, a car, a painting. Um, anything that is considered security in the real world, a security token is the representation of that underlying security. So let's take a company like Carta. Carta right now has already digitized and 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 put in a platform, the entire cap table uh, plan for most companies. So if you have your stock option plan and you have your entire um, cap table in Carta and you have your stock option plan as part of that, we are one layer away from having uh, security tokens go and represent the ownership of those stocks. And why is it better to be using tokens to represent ownership of stock as opposed to uh, traditional database points? If we go back to what we said about blockchain uh, um, databases instead of blockchain, databases and points can be mutated, they could be changed, things could go wrong, it could be deleted, and it's not a a, a something that that's reliable. Whereas now, traditionally, you go with your lawyer, your lawyer has the official documents, you expect them to have some sort of official process behind it, and that you have one true version, one source of truth. We can't have a true source of truth. With the database, but we can, however, have it with a blockchain. So, having all those tokens, if I have a thousand outstanding shares in my company, I have a thousand tokens. I can now distribute those tokens to holders, and it's easier to exchange those tokens to redeem them or to go and mint more tokens, which would mean a share issuance or burn them, removing shares.
0: Fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, and plenty more to say, no <laughs> doubt. But um, today, Matt, thanks so much for your time. Uh, Thank you. Really appreciated. It's a, a real cutting-edge um, topic. This and uh, so much more to say on Web three. We're only really just at the start of the journey, yeah. aren't we? Yeah,
1: we are. We are, but uh, we're at the start, but we're also not at the start. As as we adopt new technologies, uh, the adoption rate of of new innovations becomes quicker and quicker. So mm. we're looking well, when you look at what a peak adoption peak adoption rates of of mainstream technologies is when you hit a billion users. It took the internet about uh, eight years to hit a billion users and then 16 years to hit the, whatever it is now, four, four or five billion. Um, for blockchain, we've hit that in under four years. So we're seeing uh, an almost exponential ado- uh, increase in adoption. So we are at the beginning in terms of uh, adoption or well, at midway in terms of adoption, but in terms of the implementation of the, this tooling into more traditional realms, especially when we talk about HR, which tends to be sometimes a bit behind on on new technologies. We're about to see a big revolution in HR across the board and in other industries, but HR in particular is gonna get a very big overhaul. Interesting. Yeah.
0: We'll be looking out for it. Okay, um, Matt, thank you so much for talking to Cast. Well, thanks a lot, John. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Cast today. If you made it this far, then there's a very special offer just for you. That's a discount on the entry price to our upcoming show, Unleash America, taking place at Caesars Forum on April 26th, 27th, 2023. When you get to checkout, type in the code POD10, that's POD10, and receive a 10% discount on the ticket price. There's amazing speakers at Unleash America this year. We've got Estee Lauder, we've got Coca-Cola, we've got McDonald's, Elliot Maisy speaking, Visa card a collection of some of the best thought leaders in the entire world, all coming together in one place, that's Caesars Forum for Unleash America this April. So that code again, when you go to checkout, type in POD10 to receive 10% discount on the ticket price. Don't miss out. We'll see you in Vegas.